Watson's Go to Birmingham, Chapter 6, Swedish Creams and Welfare Cheese. Mama stuck her head into the living room and said, Byron, I want you and Kenny to go up to Mitchell's and get some milk, a loaf of bread, and a can of tomato paste for dinner. She waved a little piece of paper at us that had the grocery list written on it. How come Kenny can't go by himself? Byron, I want a half a gallon of milk, a loaf of bread, and a can, small can of tomato paste. If you asked Mama why you had to do something and she didn't feel like explaining, she just repeated herself. She was chopping up onions for spaghetti sauce, and I guess the tears made it so she didn't feel like talking. If you were stupid enough to ask your question again, there would be the loudest quiet in the world coming from Mama. If you went totally crazy and asked the question a third time, you might as well tie yourself to a tree and said, Ready, aim, fire. Byron got the message and jerked up off the couch and walked over to the TV and punched the off knob. I knew this wasn't going to be a fun walk up to Mitchell's. We went into the kitchen. Give me the money. Just sign for it. Just what? Just tell Mr. Mitchell you want to sign for it. Mama kept whacking the onions. What? Just go in there and tell Mr. Mitchell I want to sign for some food? Your daddy and me made all the arrangements last weekend, Byron. Mr. Mitchell will let us sign for groceries until payday. Lots of people do it. A half gallon of milk, a loaf of bread, and a small can of tomato paste. Mama started chopping the onions a little harder. So I ain't got to give him no cash? Whack, whack, whack. All of a sudden, Byron's face jumped like a bell went off in his head. Wait a minute. I know what this means. We on welfare, ain't we? I held my breath. If I found out we were on welfare, I was going to really have to get ready to be teased. No, we're not on welfare. I can't believe it. You really going to start serving welfare food in this house? You really going to make me go embarrass myself by signing a welfare list for some groceries like a blanged peon? I guess Bai hadn't been counting how many times Mama had repeated herself. She smacked the knife on the kitchen counter and jumped right up in Bai's face. Listen here, Mr. High and Mighty, since you just got to know food is food. You've eaten welfare food in this house before, and if you need, you'll be eating it again. Don't come playing that nonsense with me. I already told you, this is not welfare food. You've got about five seconds to have that door hit you in the back. Kenny, move. Bye pouted and walked real fast up to Mitchell's, so I had to kind of run along to keep up with him. He didn't say anything while we got the stuff Mama wanted. He just snatched the things off the shelf, then he dropped the bomb on me. You go get in line and hold our spot. I'm going to look at some comics for a minute. When you get up to the register, I'll come and tell him how we're going to pay. Oh man, I knew what that meant. Bide figured out a way not to get embarrassed. He was going to hide until after I'd signed for the groceries. I was going to be the one who got embarrassed. I couldn't argue or anything, so now it was me who was pouting. Byron disappeared around the comic book rack. Hi, Kenny. Hi, Mr. Mitchell. This all you want? Uh-huh. He took the groceries and rang them up on the cash register. That's a dollar and twenty-three cents. I saw Bai's head come peeking around the comics. Uh, this has got to go on the welfare list, I said, kind of quiet. Mr. Mitchell twisted his face up. On the what? I said real low so only Mr. Mitchell could hear. We just found out we got to put on welfare, and we got to put sign this food up on the welfare list. Byron's head disappeared again. Mr. Mitchell laughed. Kenny, this isn't a welfare list. It just means your daddy going to pay all at once instead of a few times every week. Really? Mr. Mitchell reached under the counter and opened up a little brown box. He pulled out a bunch of yellow cards, and I could see Watson was written on the top one of them. He wrote $1.23 on the first line and said, Sign here, then pointed to a spot next to one twenty-three. I wrote Kenneth Watson and gave him back the pen. 
That's it. That's it. He put the groceries in a brown paper bag and handed them to me. See you, Mr. Mitchell. The second I walked out of the store, Byron was next to me, and he was in a lot better mood. Man, I can't believe it. We just had a chance to get a bag full of free food, and all we took was some stupid milk, a loaf of bread, and a can of tomato sauce. Byron's good mood started getting to me, too. He was smiling and even put his arm around my shoulder as we walked. I couldn't help myself. It felt so grown up to have Bai walking with me like that. I started laughing right along with him. His mood was so much better that he even took the bag of groceries from me. Most of the time when Mama made us go to Mitchell's, Byron would make me carry the bag from the store right up to the front porch. Then he'd take them from me so Mama would think he'd carried them the whole way. But now he started carrying them four blocks away from home. This is just too much. All you got to do is sign that stupid card and that old fool Mitchell will give you what you want. Too, too much. Now that Bai was happy, I had two questions I wanted to ask him. First, he'd said a word that I'd never heard before, and since he said it in front of Mama, I knew it wasn't cussing. As we walked home with his arm around my shoulder, I thought I might get a real answer from him. Byron, what's a peon? A peon? Didn't you see the Magnificent Seven? Peons was them folks what was so poor that the rich folks would just as soon pee on them as anything else. I knew this had to be a lie. You could get yourself in a lot of trouble if you listened to half the stuff Byron said. But I asked my next question anyway. What do you think the welfare food was that Mama said she gave us? I wished I hadn't asked that, because that, this brought back his bad mood. He took his arm from around my shoulder and said, I know what it was. He handed me back the groceries, too. Don't you remember how some of the time Dad sneaks up in the morning, goes in the kitchen, and when he comes out, there's a big jug of milk? Ain't you ever wondered where that milk come from? You ever seen any udders on Dad? That milk come out of one of them big brown boxes they keep up on them high shelves, pure D welfare food. And don't you remember that cheese? Who ever heard of cheese coming in a box as big as a loaf of bread? You ever try to pick one of them things up? Real cheese comes in hunks or slices, not no blanged loaf that weigh 40 pounds. I always thought there was something strange about that mess, and now I know she's been sneaking us off us welfare food, pure D welfare food. The cheese tasted okay to me, and except for a big powdery lump every once in a while, Dad's milk was all right too. But to try to get Byron back into his good mood, I acted real disgusted and said, Aw, man. A week later, I was walking in the alley behind Mitchell's when a big cookie with pink frosting just about hit me in the head. It went by like a little flying saucer, then crashed in the dirt. I looked all around and didn't see anybody, so I put my hands over my face and stood still because I knew if something weird like this happened once, it usually happened again. Sure enough, another cookie hit me right in the back, and a big laugh came out of the green apple tree. Byron. He jumped out of the tree like a superhero. He had a great big bag of cookies in one hand and a green apple with a giant bite out of it in the other. Want some? Bye tipped the bag of Swedish cream cookies at me. I knew this was a trick. The bag must have been empty, but I looked inside anyway. There was still a half a bag of cookies. Thanks. I grabbed two of the cookies and looked at them real good in case Bye put bugs or something on them. They were clean, but I still kept waiting for the trick. Why would Byron waste four good cookies on me? Man, Swedish creams have got to be the best cookies in the world. I gulped them down and wiped my hands on my pants. I couldn't believe it. Bai tipped the bag at me again. He jumped up and snatched a green apple off the tree, checked it for wormholes, and handed it to me. You best eat some of this. Them Swedish creams is good at first, but they get kind of thick in your throat after a while. Byron was being too nice, so I knew something bad was about to happen. 
Then I noticed a crumpled up Swedish creams bag on the ground next to the tree, and I could figure out why he was being so generous. He'd already eaten a bag and a half. A bell went off in my head. I knew now why he'd been so excited and happy when he found out about getting free food at Mitchell's. Bye was signing up for that stuff that Mama and Daddy didn't even know about. It was like he read my mind, because I was just about to say, Ooh, bye, when he stopped being friendly and crossed his eyes at me and said, Don't even think about it, Poindexter. You ate two of them yourself, so quit wasting my cookies and just shut up and enjoy what's left. He tipped the bag at me again. He had me. I couldn't tell on him or else I'd be in just as much trouble as he would. I took another one. Bai went over to the green apple tree and slid his back against it until he was sitting down. I did the same thing right next to him and we sat together munching. I wasn't used to being this friendly with Byron, so I guess I was kind of nervous and didn't really know what we should talk about. Bai just sat there chomping down apples, so I tried to think what him and Bubhead would talk about when they sat around like this. Finally, I said, So, Bai... How about you and me doing a little cussing? He twisted up his face and said, I thought I told your jive little ass to shut the hell up and enjoy the damn cookies. Now do it. I got a huge smile. This was a perfect day, but like always, Bai ruined it. Look, he pointed up at a telephone wire where a big bird sat. The bird was about the size of a pigeon and was grayish brown with a long pointy tail hanging underneath it. Bai jumped up and said, that's a morning dove. They're the coolest birds in the world. Don't nothing shake them up. Bai threw a Swedish cream at it. The cookie zipped by right by the bird's head, and all the bird did was raise its wings once and look behind it. He threw three more cookies at the bird, and it still didn't move. When Byron's four Swedish cream left his hand, I knew that if the bird didn't move, he was going to get whacked. The cookie popped the bird smack jab in the chest. The bird's wings both stuck out to the side, and for a hot second with its tail hanging down and its wings sticking out like that, it looked like a perfect small letter T stuck up on the telephone wire. Then, in slow motion, the bird leaned back and crashed to the dirt of the alley beyond, behind Mitchell's. I'd been throwing rocks and things at birds since I was born and had never even come close to hitting one. I'd seen a million bird people throw a million things at birds, and no one had ever really hit one, not even a pigeon. But now, Bai had knocked a bird right out of the sky with a Swedish cream cookie. When I got to Byron, he'd picked up the bird and was holding it in his hands. The bird's head drooped backward and was rolling from side to side, dead as a donut. You got him! You got a bird! Byron held the bird in one hand and with his other one gently brushed pink frosting off the dove's chest. You got him! I've never seen a bird get... I looked right at Bai and his face was all twisted up and his eyes were kind of shut. He dropped the bird, walked over to the green apple tree, and started throwing up. I stood there with my mouth open. I couldn't believe Byron was starting to cry, and I couldn't believe how much vomit a bag and a half of Swedish creams and some green apples could make. When it looked like he was done, I walked over and put my hand on his back. As soon as I touched him, he popped me in the arm hard. Bye, what? He picked up a rotten apple and threw it at me. Get the hell out of here. What you staring at? Them apples got me sick, you little cross-eyed punk. Get out of here. Rotten apples started coming at me real hard and fast, so I left. It was hard to understand what was going on with Byron. Some of the time, if a genie came and gave you three wishes, you wouldn't mind using all three of them to wish some real bad stuff on him. Not stupid things like that woman in the fairy tale when she wished her husband had a sausage on his nose either. I mean stuff that would make Byron hurt so much that he'd have to think every day about how mean he is. If he just had a sausage growing out of his nose, people might laugh at him behind his back, but no one would have nerve enough to tease him to his face and call him a weenie nose or something. 
You wouldn't know how it feels to have someone jumping on you, how sad that can make you get. Sometimes I hated him that much and thought he was the meanest person in the world. After my arm quit hurting it from his punch, I went back to the alley behind Mitchell's to take another look at the dead bird, but it was gone. Right in the spot where the bird had crashed, by had dug a little grave, and on top of the grave there were two popsicle sticks tied together in a cross. Leave it to cool, to Daddy Cool to kill a bird, then give it a funeral. Leave it to Daddy Cool to torture human kids at school all day long and never have his conscience bother him, but to feel sorry for a stupid little grayish-brown bird. I don't know. I really wished I was as smart as some people thought I was, because some of the time it was real hard to understand what was going on with Byron.